gracious, guys, y'all are in for something this morning. I'm not going to tell you what the something is. I'm, I'm going to save that for you, but y'all are in for something. But I will tell you this much. I promise you, your eyes will be open. You'll be sitting up in your chair a little bit straighter, and your brain will be turned on and a lot sharper, and you will be thinking. You will definitely be thinking by the end of our time together. Let me tell you this. I had been here probably maybe a week and a half when I got here this summer as your superintendent, and Mr. Barksdale were standing on my doorstep at the school board office, and they said, Dr. Huskin, we need to talk to you. We need to talk to you about how we can connect with the kids in this community because it's so important that the kids understand and be told this right here, the truth. I, I can't bring it to you like, like Mr. Barksdale is going to bring it to you. So without further ado, I'm going to get out of the way, and I'm bringing it to you right now, Mr. Sean Barksdale. I think there's somebody shooting in here. It's still happening. It's for the state police. I keep hearing shooting. I keep, okay. keep hearing popping. It is a powerless and terrifying experience. Our hearts are broken again. The first words he uttered at a news conference that is still going on at this point regarding two shootings that happened at Virginia Tech today around 12.15 this afternoon. 911, what is your emergency? Hi, my daughter just uh, texted me from school. She's at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas in Parkland, and she says there's an active shooter. Shot fired by the football field. Shot, shot, shot. I love you. I love you. It's going to be fine. Can you hide somewhere? Can you play dead? Columbine High School. The clues were here in Littleton long before the deadly violence. There was a guy at a table right next to, us, next to me and her, and they just shot him and then walked away and then... He was just sitting there in a pool of blood. They cornered students in the cafeteria and the library where there was nowhere to run. Witnesses say they laughed as they fired their weapons, executing their classmates who begged for their lives. That was a call to 911 at 11.33 a.m. May 24th. At 12.50, police went in and killed the shooter. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. What's happening? Y'all good? I think I see my peoples. Huh? What's up? So, this is, this is the third time, y'all. This is the third time. We're doing this four times today, right? So, first two groups is all right. I heard y'all the live group, though, right? So I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see if y'all, if you, if I'm gonna see if y'all the ones. I'm gonna see, huh? What you say? Yeah. All right. We're gonna see if y'all live. We're gonna see if y'all live. All right. So we're gonna talk about a few things today, right? Um. What you just heard, right? Were school shootings, real reportings from school shootings such as Sandy Hook, uh, Uvalde, that with you know those young children that were murdered and killed, babies, right? Now, there have been 310 deaths as a result of school shootings. Unfortunately, when we calculated those numbers, it was before yesterday. What happened yesterday? What happened? Another shooting. It's right up the street, 
right? I got something for you too, bro. You catch? Come here, come here. No, he can't come. Huh? Hand this back there to him. This is a dog tag, bro. <laughs> Throw that to him. Pass that to him. That's a, dog. That's a boots on the ground dog tag, bro. You know what I'm saying? So, the thing is, <laughs> the thing is this, right? That happened yesterday, right up the street from us. You couldn't have told them three guys when they went to school that they wouldn't go back home to their moms, to their girlfriends, right? You couldn't have told them that. Every time you come in school, you think you're safe. You come here thinking that you're going to be safe. There's absolutely no school now, absolutely not one, that's safe from that happening. Not in today's climate, right? A host of injuries have happened because of shootings. They just had a special, I think, on Dr. Oz the other day on the PTSD and the families of the survivors of those little kids that could be your little sister, your little brother. Because, see, not everybody that has been shot died. I had a friend got shot when I was 15 years old, blew his leg off. I see him walking to the store for the last 20 something years, prosthetic leg, running in the street. So who are we? We are the Boots on the Ground initiative. So what does Boots on the Ground mean? It's a military term for troops who are active in a military campaign or operation. The first responders. So why did we start it? Because we saw that there was a gap between the community, the youth, and law enforcement. Why are we qualified to be on this stage? Because I used to roam these same halls that you roam now. But I didn't have the courage to be different. So I found myself roaming the halls of prison for 14 years. Me and my comrades. Mr. Watson did 19 years in prison. Mr. Boysaw did 14 years in prison. My beloved brother, Mr. Howerton, went to prison when he was 16 years old. Any 16-year-olds in here? He went to prison when he was 16 years old, and he stayed there for 26 years. He got lost in this system. So collectively, you are looking at 73 years of experience. So what's the goal for us? Anybody remember the movie X-Men? X-Men, anybody watch X-Men? X-Men, okay. So I think the young lady back there. What was different about the X-Men? They were different from other people, right? 
Let her get a t-shirt. All right, so the, the thing is, is that like the X-Men, we find ourselves being mutants. All these gentlemen that you see plus myself, the reason that we're mutants is because we got a letter on our name, which is an F for felon. It's sort of like when you take a cow prattle and then brand something. No matter where we go, no matter what we do, that F is there. That means a restriction of jobs. Certain government jobs you can't get. Certain places that you can't go. Similar to the X-Men. A lot of you are like the X-Men because they don't understand the language you may be speaking. They don't understand how you may be feeling, right? Because we know a lot of times our parents, sometimes our teachers, they talk at us and not to us, right? A lot of times, you know, we, we, we don't have a healthy dialogue, so we feel different. We feel like outcasts a lot of times. We know. We've been there. <clears throat> See, for me, which may be happening for some of you is, I suffered from identity crisis. I'm an only child. So, for a long time, I didn't know who I was or what I wanted to be. If you had a very strong personality, I would take your personality on. At every turn and at every corner, I turn into somebody different because I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who I wanted to be. So I was suffering from identity crisis. Some of us might be suffering from it now. So what's our mission? Is to effectively bridge a gap between the community, the youth, and law enforcement. Because we need a, a, a dialogue between these three factors, right? Most of the individuals who committed those school shootings had one thing in common. I'm the one they call the bully. They were bullied. They was bullied, right? So what does the term bullying mean? Somebody tell me what the definition of bullying means for them. What do it mean? Huh, say it again. Right, and there's no wrong answers in here. Let her get a t-shirt, sir. Let me, let me tell you what the definition of bullying means. It is a person who habitually seeks to harm or intimidate those they perceive as vulnerable or weak. It is a misuse of power through verbal, physical, and social behavior. A lot of times we experience it online, right? Yo, let me get that shirt, bro. When I came home, I started a business called Press for Time Tees, right? And then I went on to find another company called 10 Minutes of Truth Podcast. Because I felt that people needed to hear the truth, right? 
about what really happens in the streets, what really happens in incarceration, but I wanted to tell a story differently because my daughter, from the time she was in her mother's stomach up until she was almost 15 years old, all she knew was me being incarcerated. And she suffered. She suffered for a long time because of that. So people needed to hear her story, understand her story. We went on to do some miraculous things with this podcast, right? But last year, my friend, since I was five years old, was murdered violently. Gun violence. Black on black gun violence. Besides my grandparents, I had never had anyone that I had known that long to die violently like that. But the thing was this, I couldn't take it no more. I'm from this town. I've been here all my life. I got nine friends that have died from gun violence running through them streets, man. Nine. I couldn't take it no more. So I went to therapy. So when I get to therapy, my counselor starts, I mean my um, therapist starts telling me something that I didn't know. She says, Sean, you've been suffering in silence. That's what happens to most of us. We suffer in silence because we feel like we can't tell another person or our parents or a teacher what we're going through because we feel that our peers are going to judge us for telling what's going on with us. Because you can't tell that your uncle may be at home molesting you and you can't tell nobody. So you just suffer. I didn't want to suffer no more. So I came up with this shirt. Don't suffer in silence, right? Because see, now we checking on people. My brothers check on me. I check on them. So we got to teach you how to check on each other. Right? Because a lot of us suffering in silence. Let me show you some examples. Thanks. Of bullying and suffering in silence, how they come together. Your man come to you and say, hey, look, I found my brother's stash, right? Got a couple of his pills in this joint. Let's pop a couple of these joints before we go to school, man. You know what I'm saying? You don't really want to pop no pills, man. You want to go to school. You don't like trying to do no pills. A couple of your mans there, your man that you grew up with, though, he done took the wrong path. He want to drag you with him. Come on, man. Are you scared? Come on. Pop the pill, man. Help us get through this BS we got to do at school. So what you do? Somebody save me. Me from myself. I spent so long living in hell. Suffering. Suffering in silence, all right? So, for my females, all right? 
your girl come to you. She said, yo, they got a kickback tonight. We're going to roll up in the spot, right? You know, learned a few more dances off TikTok. They smoking in there. They drinking in there. They having a nice time in there. You moving and grooving in that joint. But the wolves in there. The wolves in there. And they scouting. They laying. Like, yo, bro, you see her? Yeah. Get her back here. Hey, yo, let me holler at you. Yo, what's up? Hey, yo, I see how you was, you know what I'm saying, dancing on me in the joint. What's up? You ain't come for that. You ain't come for that. You just want to dance a little bit. But he popular. And you intimidated. So you don't know what to do. You scared to death, though. Well, come on in here. So you go. And then he'd say, yo, my man coming too. And you got to suffer in silence because of that. Because you can't go to your mother and tell her. Because she's going to bite your head off. I told you don't be running with them girls. They ain't no good for you. So you got to suffer. We suffered for a long time. Some of us suffering right now. We ain't got nobody to talk to about it. Because we scared we're going to get judged. We scared what people are going to say. I know what it's like. So that's why we're here. That's exactly why we're here. All right? So, suffering in silence. We have suffered in silence for way too long, and bullying does not start in high school. I got a five-year-old daughter. She's five. She started kindergarten this year, right? Her second day, she got bullied. She didn't even know she was being bullied. But thank God, she talks to us, because we ain't teaching her how to suffer in silence. She came home, she said, Daddy, this girl told me I need to brush my teeth. I said, what? She said, yeah. I said, what did you say? She said, I told her I do brush my teeth. I said, what'd she say after that? She said, you don't brush your teeth. You need to go home and brush your teeth. She was being bullied right there. She didn't even know. But because of the structure of how we're trying to teach these younger children, and this is why we're here, to teach these younger children, she ain't suffer. We gave us some remedies for that. We knew how to connect to the teachers. We knew how to connect to the principal. We knew how to sit down and dialogue, because that's what we're here for, to dialogue. Listen, I believe that 90%, if not 100% of the fights that take place in this facility is behind bullying. You want to know a reality? Because, see, when I left, there was, there was no social media. None. People didn't even have cell phones when I left, when most of us left. My aunt was the only person who had a computer in her home. So we came home to social media. We didn't grow up in social media. You guys grew up in social media. And it's hard, man. I can't imagine. Because I try to, I'm running businesses on social media, and it's hard for me to keep up. I got to post this on this platform. Man, I got to put it on Instagram. Man, I got to put that joint on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? So it's hard for you guys because you have a full-time job being kids. 
It's a full-time job and a lot of times people don't understand the language because the culture done shifted, the music done shifted, the drugs have shifted. So we understand. Listen, we're talking about bullying. I need y'all to understand something, right? That brother that's sitting in that chair. When I used to run the street, right, not directly, okay, we used to beef. People I was running with, beef with the people that he was, run, uh, was running with. And I'm talking about, we used to beef for real. It was serious. I mean, real shootouts, anywhere, fights in school. I think you got expelled from school, fighting. First time I ever got, uh, 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 I was in this school right here. I was in the 10th grade. My man's got to fighting with some other dudes. The fight was so bad, it was the first time kids had ever got suspended for 10 days for a fight. They put handcuffs on us. Police came and got us. We, I went to the station, 16 years old. So why am I saying that? Because the one that you hate today, you may love tomorrow. And the one that you love today, you may have to hate tomorrow. That's how life works, and it works in cycles, right? So my thing to you is stay alive. It'll change because they wrote us off. I went into a courtroom at 23 years old, and the judge said, Mr. Barksdale, you are a career criminal. That means that you do not know how to function in society. We have a place for you. They hid us away in prisons. They hid that man away for 26 years. Some of you 16. Can you imagine? Right now, one of those officers in the back put handcuffs on you and take you to the station and you don't come home for 26 years. Your mama can't help. I'm the only child, I told you. I called my mama crying. Mom, can you get me out of here? I ain't got nothing for you, son. I ain't even got lawyer money for you. That's reality. Your mans that you love, that's running with you, telling you to do this and that, they ain't gonna send you a nickel and caveman money. And that ain't nothing but rocks. Trust me, everything I loved left. Everything that I loved left. So what do we do about it, right? Because we're telling you what the problems is, right? So we got to start giving some solutions. We are going to unveil a poetry contest. Y'all probably seen on the TVs and stuff like that. Called Pens Not Pistols. Right? Why? Because the pen is mightier than the sword. All y'all got pens? Did y'all get pens? Y'all get y'all pens? So, why do, any, why do people think that the pen is mightier than the sword? Anybody? Anybody? What do you say? It's permanent? Correct. Correct. We, what we got for you? What we got for you? 
What you got? Hey, give him one of these. <laughs> so, the pen is mightier than the sword because a sword is going to take your life. That's what it's designed to do. The pen. The pen can save lives. The pen can change the condition of how you're viewed in life. Right now, you're going to leave here and you're going to read something out of a book that someone wrote. You can live forever because of this pen. If you write something powerful enough, you can live forever. So, how does this look? We're going to run this program through the English department. So if you want to join all of the kids from 9th to 12th grade, you can uh, participate, right? You got to connect with your English teachers, right? When you connect with your English teachers, they're going to give you the rules on, on how this is going to go. It's all year long, so all the grades can participate, right? And the cutoff date to enter is March 17th of next year. We're going to have three finalists. And at the end of the year, at Senior Day, we're going to uh, present an award, and we're going to give a cash prize. And then after that, right, we're going to um, take the winner to Senator Joe Morrissey's radio show to explain that process, right? It's a problem with the whole way of life. It can't change overnight. But we got to start somewhere. Might as well go ahead and start here. We didn't have a hell of a year. I'm going to make it count why I'm here. God is the only man I fear. Where the rappers at? I want to know who gonna have the best bar. You, huh? You, I want, I want to see, listen, I need because, listen, I need you to understand something. I need y'all to just, just, just bear with me. I ain't gonna take a lot of your time up. I know what it's like to be going down that hallway. I know what it's like not to be popular. I know what it's like for somebody to bump into you and tell you get out the way. I know what that's like, right? I also know what it's like when you're suffering in silence and you go home and you don't have nobody to talk to, so you pick this joystick up. And now you got a hatred inside of you because don't nobody connect to you, don't nobody understand you, you don't have anyone that you can talk to, so now you're playing Call of Duty every day and you disconnected from reality every day and you're getting angrier and angrier and angrier. We've been there, man. We know what that look like. We know what that feel like. Because you like, don't nobody care about me. Why should I care about them? Don't nobody love me. Why should I love somebody else? We know what that's like. That's why we here. Because we've been there. Got a little partner called uh, Jojo, right? I'll tell y'all about Jojo. Jojo was inducted into the Crips when he was 10 years old. He was the shooter. That's who, that's who he was, right? They called me to go speak at an alternative school that he was in. Let me explain something to you guys. Some of y'all 
like Miss Cincinnati said, y'all think this BS. You're like, man, I'm not trying to hear nothing this dude's saying. I don't care what he's saying. Reality is, I'm not here to save all of you. If I could, I would. But that's not reality. I'm here for one of you. If I get two of you, it's a blessing. If I get three of you, it's just phenomenal. But I'm here for one of you. Because when I went in there, the streets taught us how to watch. Prison taught us how to time how to watch. Because if a dude steps to you in prison, you have to, you have to understand, do he want to stamp from me or do he want to stab me? So you got to know how to watch. So when I go into these places, when y'all come in, I don't know already sized all of you up. I know who is who, what is what. So I'm looking when they're coming through the door. Okay, who my guy? When he come through the door, I'm on him. I spot him. 6'2", quarterback bail. He sit down in the middle. I see how everybody jailed to him. We lock in. I go crazy in there. At the end, he come to me. He said, man, I ain't never heard nobody talk like that. I ain't never had nobody talk like you talk, went through what you went through, and you made it out. All my homies is in jail, still in the street, but he dead. Mind you, 10. I meet him, he's 14. He been getting busy. When his big homie tell him to bend the block, he come through there. That was his job. And he was serious about it. I said, listen, man, hit my line anytime, day or night, bro. I got you, man. It take him a whole year, a whole year to get in contact with me. He's so nervous when he called, he hang the phone up. He texts me. I don't want to do this no more. I'm like, yo, who this? It was Joe, man, from such and such. I'm like, oh, what's up, man? What's, what's happening with what you? What's up? I'm tired. How you tired? You 15 and you tired of putting in work. 15? He making decisions that 40-year-old men don't have to make. Some of us in this crowd right now have to make them decisions. Some of us right now might have to make the decision of, man, I got one oodle and noodle. I got two, two, two siblings. I got a brother and a sister that's younger than me. And I got to figure out, do I eat some of it or do I just split it with them? Some people living like that. And they suffering in silence because their mama told them, you better not take nothing out here in this house. What happened here, stay here. That's reality. Today that changes. Because I ain't no one-off, man. I'm here. We here. When boots on the ground come, we come. Because we can't do this. We know that we can't do it from a couch. We got to be in the community. So what do I do? I go to the big homie. I said, man, listen, man. Just so happened, I know him. I done did time with him. I said, man, give me Joe, man. Now y'all know. You got to get jumped out, shot, pay some money, blood in, blood out. Sometimes you just can't get out. He is precious cargo to the game because he is the one who knows what to do. He's a lieutenant now in this situation, and he put the work in, but he don't want to do it no more. 
He's like, man, they're going to kill me. I ain't no low-level dude. I go to a big homie. I said, yo, just so happened I know him. I said, man, give me Joe, man. Come on, man, let me get him. He said, man, you know what, Sean? Ever since I've known you, and it took me a long time to get here, ever since I've known you, you've been on the same thing. You can have him. I ain't have to pay nothing. I ain't have to fight nobody. I ain't have to pull no guns out, nothing. By the grace of God, he just gave them to me. I said, okay, Joe, let's go to work. Now, mind you, he lost his moms. He don't know who his father is. He's a street dude that is around 16 at the time now, right? It's all he know. He programmed to go. He's programmed. So I'm working with him, working with him. I'm connecting to his, his social workers and his counselors and his teachers, right? They calling me. Uh, JoJo ain't been to school. He ain't been to school in a couple of days. Uh, we can't get in touch with him. I'm on it. I'm pulling up on him because I connect to him. He respect me. See, a lot of times y'all don't have the respect because people move in and out of your lives. And when they moving in and out, you're like, he's going to leave. Dude, yeah, he's just here for my moms. He don't care nothing about me. He's just here for my moms. He don't halfway even know my name. That's a reality. So we working, working, working. So now we get him from alternative school that half of the day he go to alternative school, half of the day he back in regular school. His mind changing, his heart changing. We working. We working. We graduated him last year. He was nine toes in the penitentiary. They gave up on him. Police told me, yo, we got his jail cell waiting on him. It's waiting for him. That's the dude he was. And he's still hurting. Why ain't he here with us today? He comes with us everywhere. He just lost his little cousin, 14 years old. One of the reasons he got out of the street. She's gone now. He hurting. He's suffering. That's why he ain't here. It's a process. Understand this, ladies and gentlemen. Change is a process, not an event. Let me explain the two. An event is when you pay your money, you go to a little dirt concert, you wild out, you go home. That's an event. Change is a day in and day out process that you have to do. Because I can't do it for you. Reality is, you guys are the future. Right? I want to say something to the teachers. <clears throat> William Arthur Woods said, the mediocre teacher tells. The good teacher explains. The superior teacher demonstrates. The great teacher inspires. Give our kids all that you have. Because reality is this, right? You guys are with your teachers more than you are with your parents when school is in session. I'm moving towards the grave. I'm 47. 
I have to pass that baton of leadership on to you guys. We're going to need teachers. We're going to need doctors. We're going to need lawyers. Who going to do it? You're going to have to do it. We're going to need a president. But we're going to have to have the courage, man, to be different. So I need to know who's going to have that courage. Where my writers at? I need the writers. I need my young ladies to get their thoughts out on paper. Right? That's what I need. We got something for everybody. Chasing that freedom, chasing that feeling that got got something for everybody. Chasing that you and me all this Yeah, you and the group. Feel I'm living someone who's still chasing you. Where my country writers at? We got something for everybody. We want everybody to participate. We want everybody to get down, right? Because you can use your words and not weapons. You can free your mind to do something else, ladies and gentlemen, right? I definitely want to thank law enforcement for coming out. Listen, I, I told y'all the goal is what? Youth, community, law enforcement. When I was growing up, because of the things that I was involved in, I could not be around the police. Every time, let me tell you, this is, I'm just be real transparent. I haven't thought about a crime over 25 years. I haven't committed a crime over 25 years. Because of old habits, I may, be, I may see the police, I might start patting my pocket. Now, man, you ain't into nothing. Because of habit. Because of a habit. We grew up not connecting to the police. Because every time we saw the police, we was in trouble. Every time they came to our community, it was to put us in cuffs. So we didn't trust them. We didn't have a dialogue. But let me explain something to you. As I got older and I got some sense about me, I realized just how much we need law enforcement, that we have to have a healthy dialogue between law enforcement. Because a lot of these brothers, they come from the military with a military background, and they come in a small town like this, and they on go. So we got to have a healthy dialogue to say, man, listen, my people feel like this towards you because of this. And I take their information and bring it back that you can transmit it and you can understand why you should act a certain way if the police pull you over. Because they scared too. They want to go home to their babies too. Can you imagine pulling up on somebody at 1 o'clock in the morning? It's dark everywhere. So we got to train each other. We have to have a healthy dialogue. Because if them officers, along with their comrades, just happen to say for 24 hours, 
We don't want to serve and protect South Boston, not the world, South Boston. Do you know what it would look like in the street? They would purge in the street, man. And most people wouldn't be ready for it. Trust me, I wouldn't be ready for it. Listen, I'm a personal guy, man. I'm a very personal guy. That's why we started Boots on the Ground, because we were personal, and we wanted to be personal. Everybody, pull your phones out, please. Pull your phones out. Most of the time, they're telling you don't pull your phones out. I'm asking you to pull your phones out. My phone number. You ready? Okay. <laughs> My phone number is 434-446-6633. My little young, yeah, it's everywhere, bro. <laughs> it's everywhere, it's everywhere. Um, you'll never forget my face. Y'all gonna see my face in your sleep tonight. You know what I'm saying? So, but Joe, my, my, my young and Jojo had the nerve and the courage to contact me. I'm not a professional. I'm not a police officer. I'm not a doctor. I'm not any of these things, but I'm someone who really cares and I'm someone who knows how to connect to the right people. That's what Boots on the Ground is. That's what it's about. Hit us up. You know what I'm saying? Because I want to know who's going to have the courage to be different. Because, see, we got addicted to winning because we was losers for a long time thinking that we was winning. We thought we was winning, right? But now we're winning. This is a victory for me, man, to be here, to sit here with you guys. Because I didn't have nobody like this when I was in school. There was absolutely, let me tell you something. We didn't take pictures back in the day, but any pictures that you found of me and my man, it wasn't a man in them. None of us had fathers. My father was in prison all my life. All of my life. So whatever my man learned, he teach it to me. Whatever I find out, I teach it to him. The blind leading the blind. That's all it was. So we care, man. Genuinely. I promise I ain't going to leave you. I promise if you hit my line, you know what I'm saying? We're going to do what we're supposed to do. I promise that. So who's going to have the courage to be different? Who's going to have the courage to put their head down and work their butt off all year? Who's going to have the courage? I'm not going to ask you guys to do nothing I wouldn't do. Now, while you still got your phones out, I need y'all to join the Boots on the Ground Facebook uh, group. That's the group where we're talking about this poetry. We're talking about uh, ideas. We're talking about how we feel, what's going on. So you can connect with us. You know what I'm saying? You can connect with me personally. But I'm not going to ask any one of you to do something that I wouldn't do. So I wrote something for you guys. This is called Pins Not Pistols, dedicated to our youth. I didn't understand how to care about my life. That's why I toted guns and sold crack all night. It was a distorted mixture of liquor that would hit my liver and make my hands quiver. I didn't want to deal and cope, so I would jump on this hamster wheel and hope. But I got nowhere fast and I was soaked. 
The sweat from my transgressions Left my mother stressing And teachers guessing Will he be alive tomorrow? I found myself in an abandoned building Surrounded by incarcerated children Some call it the pen But that's where I learned how to write again I had to relearn how to follow rules And go back to school And use my mind as a tool I came back home to find that social media had made clones of people that I had known. Compassion was minimal, empathy was not visual. So I went and I bought boots and strapped them up and got troops. That's why we here, cause we care. So prepare to hear pins, not pistols all year. That's it. First time I ever wrote a piece of poetry, I was 38 years old. I was in prison, and I was being encouraged, right? This is about getting out of your comfort zone, right? So I was being encouraged to write poetry. Like, man, I'm not writing no poetry, man. It's doing for suckers, man. I ain't writing no, get out of here. They kept encouraging me, kept encouraging me. I sprung up out my bunk one o'clock in the morning one night. I got the pen and I just started writing. It was called, Why Am I So Angry? And I spilt everything on that paper. Everything that was inside of me. And when I laid back down, it felt like somebody had lifted, you know, a boulder off of me. So I'm not telling you something that didn't work. Now you may have to tweak it in your style that's why I was telling the guys earlier and ladies earlier, there's a great movie to watch called Finding Forrester on writing and poetry. You know what I'm saying? And writing styles and skills, right? Connect with that, man. But trust me, when I tell you, man, that you guys have the ability to do something phenomenal, man, in life, I believe in you. But you got to believe in you. When don't nobody else believe in you? Because I had to believe in me because nobody else believed in me. These men, these gentlemen you see, they had to start believing in themselves because nobody believed in us. They wrote us off. Some of you that they saying, oh, he's a troublemaker, he's into everything, I was you. Every time I come back to school, I'm suspended for fighting. I done got caught with some weed. I done did this. They done caught me over here. I done over here. They wrote me off too. But I'm here. Stay alive. Keep going. Keep striving. Tap in with us, y'all. Use your words, not weapons. My name is Sean A. Barksdale. Thank you guys, man. Appreciate you guys for coming out. No weapon formed against me should prosper. I looked over several times, and you, you got them deep. And I saw real tears. You can join the Pins Not Pistols Poetry Contest. And remember, use your words, not weapons.